Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Flamescast. It's uh, about 6 o'clock on January 19th. We're recording two hours before the Oilers game. And it's been almost a month since our last episode. We've been on a bit of a holiday. Jenk was in Seattle. How was it? It was awesome. And they are so excited to have their NHL team. They, there was uh, billboards everywhere about it. Uh, people were talking about it in the pubs when we were going out. I thought that's pretty cool. It's exciting to see a, team, a city that actually like appreciates the game getting excited to see a team come into their town. Do you think they'll change much of the expansion process or will they keep it the same for Vegas? I think they'll keep it the As same. It was, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, Vegas was a one-off, right, for how far they made it in their inaugural season. San Jose was shit in their inaugural season. Anaheim was shit. Uh, well, this expansion, I think, as we discussed before, could could hurt us a bit. We know that. So I can't say I'm looking forward to, to, to it too much, but what can you do? Mm-hmm. Recent form. Since uh, our last show, we were in a bit of a mini slump right before Christmas, and then we rounded out the New Year's period up to now with solid run of games. We're 8-1-1 one, and one in our last 10 games, and our homestand was just fantastic. Yep. And, uh, it, I mean, obviously we had some blips with some of these games. We saw that typical, like, you know, wait till a certain period at least. It wasn't, it's not necessarily the third period anymore. It just seems to be kind of a what show up at one of these periods and then maybe have an average other period and then... Well, they're they're quite consistent. They're consistent at getting the results. They're consistent two out of three periods in a game. We don't die. We don't die off the games and that's probably the biggest change from last season is that last season they would be like, oh fuck. And the fact that they're able to maintain this kind of pressure and tempo and intensity against teams and really put them to the sword, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that from a Flames team in a long, long time. Yeah. 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 Okay. uh, It's good. I want to take us back a bit, uh, 2018, to that Winnipeg-Calgary game where Bufflin absolutely slashed Johnny. Um, I was on Twitter about it. We were talking about it. But I just was – I remember being there live watching that. I was furious. I was incensed when you see that happen because that's a a suspension. That's not defined. That's a suspension. If that's not intent to injure, I don't know what is. That's just – he's gone. Johnny's gone. The puck is – way ahead of Bufflin, and it's just a two-hand tomahawk slash right in on the hands. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than that's that's a suspendable offense. Did he get fined for it? or Yeah, 2500 yeah. bucks. Big deal. Yeah, he pisses Big that. Big deal. He doesn't care. It's, it's really... I think this season has been a standout for me when it comes to watching these referees This and, and just seeing so many missed calls and... and I'm sure it's not exclusive to us. I mean, we're focused on watching the Flames every game that they play, but I wonder like, if other fans are feeling the same way about the refereeing this year. It just seems like, especially this season, they've missed a bunch with us. Like That whole shit on Riddick saying that he had enough time to adjust. I was shocked that Kachuk's goal counted. That, uh, yeah, I know the one you're yeah, talking about. And I like, was too, yeah. And like because his skate like just hardly touched the goalie but i mean it did and i was like yeah there you go there's their fucking excuse right there but they let it go and fine but i mean that that was maybe our one and only call this season where they 
just sort of let go in a major way. I'm talking about a major call, not like the odd high stick or whatever, some stupid shit like that. But speaking of high sticks, you know, Hathaway got totally slashed in the face in the Tampa Bay game. And Monaghan got fucking tomahawked on his stick on that empty netter uh, against, uh, what was the team again? Um, it was recently, though. It was just a total fucking bitch move. And, uh, I, like, where was the fucking call there? Like Monahan's stick and his glove came off for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like you can't, like you can't That's let that not, shit go. That kind of play when it's obvious they're in close and they're gonna score, you can't let that go unpunished. You can't let them get away with that because that's just that's absurd. That kind of slash, that kind of high stick, um, that's that can seriously hurt someone, and it's happening to us a lot. I I don't I don't see us doing that to other teams as much as they're doing it to us, you know? I, I try and watch for it. Maybe I'm biased. I definitely am biased. That's for sure. But I just don't see us doing that compared to other teams that have that malicious slash, that evil, violent slash. No, and it was Keith Yandel that did that, and it was on a nothing play. Just because you're all pissed off that this guy's coming in for an empty net goal doesn't mean that you should just be able to get away with that. I agree with you. And... This is a bad message to other players. So Bufflin gets away with it. I think he gets away with it just with a $2,500 fine. That's just like, a, yeah, just don't do it again-ish, well, I, whatever. I, I, I know that Johansson got suspended for two games for a slash, but I didn't see the slash. So so did we'll Monaghan have, have to actually get hit on the body for that to be a suspendable offense? Like, what? what where do you draw the line? Right? Like oh, that's that a, Bufflin slash is suspendable for me. Bufflin too, and, and the Andal one as well. I mean, if that slash is on the stick, that's a penalty for me. If it's on the body, that's that's, I know, but that's, way, that's more serious. But the, the, the motion, the action where he has two hands on that stick and tomahawks so Monaghan's stick out of the way. And, and just, just smoked it. Do you remember like that? Like a baseball swing. Totally. Do you, do you not remember the play I'm talking about? No, I Okay, don't. well, I'll show you after we're done, but... And I want to see that do you Johansson remember, slash too for reference. Do you remember that video I showed you a while back? It was Ron Hextall, and he just totally took out this fucking oiler that skated across the crease. That's the exact same stick movement from Yandel on Monaghan's stick. And he might have actually caught his hand because his glove flew off, but you know, Monaghan was fine. Nothing happened. But that was malicious. I think if you once you see it, you're going to be pretty outraged about it too. Um, yeah, I will. Regardless, it's... At some point, the NHL needs to start uh, handing down some punitive uh, fines, well, they're suspensions. Well, the fines. It needs to be a suspension. No, punitive fines. I'm not talking about 2500 fucking dollars. I'm talking about like 50 grand, like 100 grand, okay? Like, let's just... These guys are making tons of money. And yeah, maybe it's not in the NHL's right to take away that money from them. But you know what? If you don't fucking follow yeah, the rules, you have chaos. I think the NHLPA would have something to say about a $50,000 fine. Well, whatever. Like, they, then you got to suspend them hard. Right? Bufflin, you're out five games. Why? Because you fucking tried to injure somebody. It's as simple as that. Right? Shouldn't be that complicated. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's I, just know, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree with you, but I just think there's too much bureaucratic red tape yeah. to really change the, the discipline mechanism that's in place here for these kinds of things. But In fairness, the game has become very high scoring. It's become very fun to watch. It's pretty unpredictable like the NHL's doing that's good things not fun but to watch. that but that's not fun to that watch that's not fun to watch I don't want to see I don't want to see anyone superstars <laughs> except for those douchebags we're playing later 
yeah. get treated like that. And when you're when the league does not protect the star players, and you have a major injury to a star player, you're definitely losing revenue, and it's just it's just not right. Mm. You shouldn't have a, a finger or a hand or an injury from another player caused by a stick. Agreed. End of story. Agreed. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And but. I mean, the amount of high sticking penalties too. It, it's kind of getting out of control. The amount of times they got a stick in someone's face, yeah. it, it, it really seems to be getting out of control. So I don't know what the answer is. Change the discipline mechanism. Clamp down on it. Be more serious about the penalties you call. But There's some you know, tuning to go, the right? Detroit game. And Detroit, Mike Green cross-checked Derek Ryan in the face. Yeah, that, that's... That was two minutes. Uh, Ryan was just... He just kind of went back. It was like, what the fuck? Like, it's cross-check right in the face. And that's Two what I'm minutes. talking about. It's like, what, why are you not called? That's a major. That's yes, a, that's I, a game. I agree, yeah. That's the game right there for that guy, you right? You see that? It's like, okay, you just you just cross-check someone in the face. Like, that's, that's something that... That's, that's some, a shot to the head. That's something that referees should be showing in classrooms, man. For, like, aspiring refs. Like, this is a fucking game right here. This guy cross, cross-checked him in the face. End of story. There's no gray area here. Anyhow, the dishwasher's working, I'm sure. Maybe people can hear it. It, it. It's weird because I, for whatever reason, I always have it on whenever we, it's a good chance that it's on when we're recording. Anyway, I, I'll stop that. In case you didn't know, we just record in Jenks living room. That's it. This is a two-bit operation Great. just fucking sitting here on my Ikea couches. Can't afford anything else. But Anything yeah. else on uh, the past three, four weeks of games? It's just been so fucking fun to watch us. Nine out of ten. It's Mi- been great. And I, and I just, I've missed this kind of hockey. I've missed being able to say that my team is good. Like, I haven't been able to say that in years, right? And I'm sure every Flames fan thinks the same. It's awesome. And the city needs it. I just find myself, even at this point in the season, when the Flames score... It's a big cheer that comes out of me every Yeah, time. I'm just like, I'm fist yeah, pumping. I'm, I'm just excited. like, yeah. Like, you I'm know? excited for every game. You know, I know when the next game is. Always ready on the schedule, wanting to watch it. I'm super excited for tonight's game. And it's a lot more fun to watch with a friend now. Like, you know, when we, when we were scraping wins here and there last season, it was like, ah, oh, fuck. But now it's like... You really get into it. These like ten goal games are just like Jesus. <laughs> you can't so, help but celebrate. So I was I was at the Avs game and actually I sat next to a guy who was really really intelligent. He was talking to me about many of the things we talked about. And I thought I was thinking about you when we had the conversation. But he was like, "Yeah, you know, Derek Ryan, the signing, the guy just does all the things right, checks a lot of boxes." He's just saying what a great player to have on the team. And you know, he was. He was gentle in his criticism of Neil, almost to the point of just like a little grin, a shake of the head, and like, oh boy, that's a big contract we might have to absorb for a long, mm. long time. But mm. Scored last night. He maybe, did. Maybe he'll he score did. again tonight. Hopefully. I mean, if you can get him going, if you can get him going, boy. It feels like he needs not just the one goal, he needs like a couple games a in a row. He yeah, a he needs a point streak, like a two, three game point streak, but not point streak, even a goal streak. That would be ideal for him. Like, I think if he scores again tonight, you know, and the scores again the next game, I think then, okay, then we can start expecting some of this old school Neil that we've only read about on Hockey DB because that's all we got to really cling on to right now. Well, 
you know what the other good part about the game was? I voted for the sing-along on Twitter. <laughs> and my song won. Blink-182. All the small things. And the, and the other song was... There was no was country music, which was a blessing. The other song... Oh, the other song was uh, that Fishing in the Dark song. Ah, fuck. I yeah. forget the other one. But <laughs> no, thank you. Blink-182 won, but it was very quiet sing-along, so... <laughs> I think it's mostly staged when they do Garth Brooks, but I'm just so tired. Every time it's Garth Brooks, I just don't want it anymore. Buddy, oh no, buddy, more. you're in Calgary. This I know is, this is what I happens. Know, but it was just nice to mix it up. It's gonna take a generation for that kind of music to be filtered out. I don't out. think so. Another generation, two generations. I don't know. Your kids' kids, <laughs> probably. We'll see. We'll see. If you like Garth Brooks, I'm, I'm sorry, but. He's not sorry. Country music is just an abomination. All it's right, just all right, awful. All right. Let's not oh. lose our 48 dedicated listeners here. I bet you half of them sorry. listen to it. No. Yeah, you should apologize. I think they know by this point we have opinions. Yeah. We're not afraid this is why they listen, but you know, don't insult their choices in music. They probably listen because they agree with us. I'm not insulting your choice of music. I'm just saying country music. Tyler, move on. We have an agenda. Uh, we and do. I want to drink, and I want to eat pizza. And just destroy my body tonight, so let's get moving on these uh, agenda <laughs> items here. Fuck. I've been waiting for this. All right. Here we go. I didn't even eat anything all day. You done? <clears throat> yeah. Jenks hungry, in case you were wondering. Uh, Valley Mackie, skating again. Music to my ears. Indeed. But who sits if he comes back? Probably Shillington. Unfortunately, because he's been doing all right. Right? Like, what do you think? Like, because we have to keep... We have to keep – well, I don't I know why. To, I have to agree, but – But we have to keep proud around, I guess, on IR. I mean, we need to trade Stone. Yeah, like Stone's – We need to trade Stone's Stone. Stone's just withering away, and, and his value is withering away every uh, game. Can you, can you see – I don't see why Edmonton wouldn't be interested in taking Stone. Yeah, he'd be probably their top two defender right there pretty quick. And you know what? We, I think if we're smart, if we just get some kind of draft pick for Stone, second-round pick – well, the odds are it's going to be pretty high considering how fucking shit the Oilers can be sometimes. I just mean in general. If we can get a second-round pick for Stone, I'd be happy. Yeah. I'd be very happy. I'd be in for that. And that's just salary off the books. That's a, um, a redundant player off the books. An extra roster spot freed up for these young guys. And quite frankly, they've earned it. They've earned that, that right. And if Hannafin – or not Hannafin, sorry. If Hamannick wasn't having the kind of season he was All having – right. yep. Could easily the roles could be reversed, but yeah, yeah you're you're, Stone, you're bought in. You're bought in with Hamannik now. Eh? <laughs> he's 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 really playing well. Yeah, he's great. Bottom line is Michael Stone. He's got to be on the. Uh, he's gonna be on the way out. You you know that you know Trelleving's trying to deal him like, and I think he's probably running to that problem that uh, there should be some team somewhere who could use a, a totally. But if you're the GM of another team, you're you're not giving up much because you're you're using the excuse of you barely even played the guy. What's wrong with well, him? Well, he's on IR. You're saying, or whatever. But but you you could alternatively say, yeah. But if he comes back, look at my decor for the run in. Yeah, and then he's gonna say he's not even a top six decor for your team. Why should I take him? Because he's on IR. I know, but he's not on IR for an injury. You try to make the other GM forget about the times we healthy scratched him. You know. I know, but they don't. Yeah. They don't forget. <laughs> These guys are G- maybe hey, maybe you get away with it with Trelli, okay, I, I for sure. But <laughs> but any other GM that's got an IQ of 94 can figure this one out, right? And you know it's not a knock on Oilers fans in this case. I actually 
sympathize that they have such a shit GM because you know it's not like we always had amazing GMs too. We can we can feel that pain, but I mean Chirelli's under a microscope oh, now, a so there's no. I know, I know, I know. I didn't I know. think I heard you right. I know. I've I, never heard anything. I know, but you got to be fair sometimes here. You like, do need to eat. I do, but I'm not. You know, I don't get hangry. I get like you know. There's got to be a different word for it, but stupid. Yeah, stupid. But my point is that we can obviously try to shop into Trelly because obviously Edmonton needs defenders. They're they're defending their defensive core is quite horrible, right? Um, Nurse didn't pan out to what they thought he would be, and quite frankly, I think the guy is he's gonna be one of those guys that plateau early, and he's just not gonna do anything that they think. So trade him to Edmonton if you can. But any other GM, I don't think they're going to fucking give up much. Maybe a third round. Would you take that? Yeah, because we need to get that salary off the books. Agreed. And I can also see us thinking we keep this guy for a deep run. And we have eight solid defenders on our roster. Anyone can play on any given night. And Stone's got experience. He's a bona fide NHL player. Can get the job done. But also I mean, not he's bad, but I mean, we have to think about the future. This guy's definitely got to be gone. He's by only the summer. played like games that we can count on our fingers, man. I know, I but mean, he's got to be gone. He can't just. We've got, you got to re-sign Kachuk, and that's another interesting thing that you think about because yeah. is Tre Living somehow going to pull the magic dust out of his ass again and get a contract that's similar to Goudreau that Monahan? Because yeah. I believe it's our policy: we don't pay anyone more than Gio. We're not paying anyone more than seven million on this team. No one is getting more than seven. No one is getting yeah. seven or more. Everyone's six or lower. Six point something or lower. It's so, a good point, but he, he will ask for more, right? He'll try. And we can't lose him. I mean, can't really lose him right now, but uh, I agree with you that we have to dump some of these contracts here. Smith is ending too, I right? Mean, so that's what's your comparison? Some space. Your comparison's probably dry sidle, right? Nylander, dry if, sidle, if you're, that kind of contract. If you're Kachuk's agent, you're using dry sidle for sure as your bargaining chip. Do you for think, sure? Total side note, but do you think Toronto just signed Nylander to trade him? With that contract, probably not. Well, I don't know. That just goes to show that you can't sit on your ass for half a season and show up and think you're going to be an NHL ready player mid midway through. You're, I thought Toronto did it right, to be sure, honest. Sure, but I mean, Nylander sucks. He's awful. He's not awful. He has. He's doing worse than James Neal. He's he's. I know he's not doing well, but he's not an awful zero, player. Zero. He can't even get the not primary assist. I, I agree with you. I'm just, but he's not awful. He's just, you know what? He hasn't played in fucking how long, right? And then, not smart. No, it's not smart. And Yager was really old, but it it makes a big difference to not do anything during your time off from the team, especially when they actually start playing in the season. If he's not playing anywhere, anything competitively, you're fucked. Like, this is the professional level. You'd have, you have to have some unbelievable talent for you to just come back into the NHL and start playing the way you were playing the season before. After missing that many months. This is still the NHL. It's not some fucking rec league. So I'm not surprised that he's not doing that great. But I think it's only a matter of time, right? I don't think so. I think this season's... Maybe not this season, agreed, but next season for sure he'll be, he'll have something to prove at that point, right? Everyone's just, they're dialed in. They've played 40 games under their belt. They're ready to go. Yeah. He's. Yeah, he's, he's 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll throw we'll we'll throw the prices right fail horn. Right, right. It'll go right in here. Right, right in here. All right now. now. Okay. All right, we're good. Um, <laughs> Any yeah. other possible trades you can think of? I can see us trying to trade deadline. I can see us trying to deal. They'll try. It probably won't work because it's contract ending, but they'll probably try to package Smith into something. For what? I don't know. But he'll try, right? Just like just like with Stone. Stone has to be part of a package deal. Stone just can't be dealt. I don't think any GM is going to take him. You're going to have to give like a – and I'm not saying do this, but you have to give a guy like a Bennett or something to get – Someone really okay with okay, fine. Then combine Stone into the deal. Bennett's I don't up care. For a contract too. Right. I'm not saying trade Bennett. I'm just saying you have to put up a guy like a Bennett in order to be able to package Stone. So I, I can't think of a trade right now. Quite honestly, we need. Do you go for that blue chip goalie if if it's available? That the one right? the, the Bobrovsky, right? Bobrovsky. You know, I I was all in on that earlier. But now just seeing how he's, not he's playing kind that of being well. a little bitch in yeah. Columbus. And you don't want that he's attitude. Just, he's, yeah, the attitude seems to be bad. I just, if you're not mentally focused and you're not mentally there, I just, I'm not into it, you know. Riddick, Riddick's earned his chance too. Riddick has Absolutely. earned his chance. And Give him that chance. He's our guy, and I think we got to show faith in that, not by going out and getting a rental in Bobrovsky. And I'd like to keep our first-round pick for once. Agreed. I, I hated last year where we sat and thumbs up our ass for three rounds and waited till the fourth round and then made a big hoopla about some garbage player that'll never see the light of day in the NHL. But I mean, I don't. In terms of our team in general, I just don't see anybody that I'd want to trade. And if there is someone I want to trade, we're not going to get anything back for them. Uh, if they would be even, if they're even able to be traded. I mean, so a Neil and a Stone. If I'm another GM, I don't want these guys. The only thing I could really see us getting would be a second line right winger. That would be the the, the, the yeah ticket, maybe right? I can see that because we've had Sammy and you know Froelich kind of just you know what Froelich I could see Froelich getting dealt. Um, yeah, but who's gonna take that? Well, why not? He's not he's not terrible. He's a good player, man. I mean, there's something going on in the dressing room or something behind the scenes that we don't know about. But, you know, as much as I dislike how his agent's been handling this, like a little like a little kid, um, there must be – whether there's smoke, there's fire. Something is going on where – you know, I think they're – to be honest, you know, why has the Goudreau line water bottle celebration stopped? Well, they, they included Kachuk the other game. Well, how long ago was that? I was like not, maybe not the last game of the game before. Oh, because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Well, it has. I don't think it stopped. I think they just maybe didn't show it a couple times. Okay, I'm glad that's back because it was really worrying me. Well, we'll see I tonight. Hopefully, we'll see it. But yeah, at least three I times. I do. I'm pretty sure at they it happened times. a couple games ago. Okay, I hope you're right because um, I was I was worried. Fuck, I was gonna say something now. Uh, I can't remember. Totally ruined my train of thought. It was that we only have one flame at the All Star game. No, that's next on the agenda. Nice try, though. I'm pretty uh, good. Yeah, I was trying to segue for you, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, why don't we just go there? It'll come to me later. Johnny, obviously. Yeah. Sad. I mean, we should have five. Totally. Kachuk, Lindholm, Monahan, and Gio should all be there 
for sure. The f- the fact that we're what are we top of the league when it comes to that point distribution at the Jose, top five? They're hosting, they're hosting it? it though. That's why. I mean, it's it's kind of bullshit, but I get it. And you know what? The All Star Game is just it's just a it's just a shit show, right? Nobody really. It's just for the fans, right? They don't really care. So if anything, I'm okay with Gio getting a break, right? Exactly. Let him get a rest. He's an older player. It's a catch twenty two, right? He's a, he gets a rest. He's had fantastic form this year but he is still older so give him the break he, he could use it right um johnny will have some fun whatever peters will get to yell at some st- other stars you know he, he can bench players oh that's what i was going to talk about but I'll, I'll get to it after he can bench players for fucking giving away and you know he'll be the first coach in the all-star game to bench somebody <laughs> if there's if there's if i was a betting man he'd probably have the best odds in like nhl all-star history of all coaches as coached to bench a fucking player for giving away. I don't think Vegas puts money on those ones. <laughs> yeah. It's because it won't happen. I don't think but they put a line on if that. there was a coach, it would probably be him. <laughs> what do you think? Like, I mean, I think uh, I know you were I, disappointed. Like I said, but... I think we should have five because they've earned it. Yeah. And then you keep seeing those tat- stats. Uh, did Gio get a? Did Gio cross fifty points against Detroit? Uh, I don't know, but if he did, we have we have five guys over fifty points. I just had that up too. That's yeah. that's amazing. Absolutely. We haven't even played 50 games yet. Oh, and just think about his story. So Tim and Sid, I don't know if I sent you that link, actually, but a buddy of mine. You, you didn't. Yeah, a really good buddy of mine sent me that link. Tim and Sid, were, they just they set aside like five, ten minutes talking about Giordano's story, how he came up, how he made the NHL, and how he's become the player that he has. And it's just it almost brings a fucking tear to your eye. And it's really amazing to see an East Coast or sorry Eastern television station do some sort of focus on a Western team. It, it, it was it was incredible. It was a great homage to the guy, and he deserves all the plaudits that's coming to him. He does the All Star Game, not the plaudit that I care about per se, but something like the Norris would obviously be. And we'll get there. Yeah. It's on the agenda. You're yeah. ruining it. Yeah, but. The fact that that amount of determination to be on the team and off the team into Russia and then back onto the team, to yeah. not harbor any kind of ill will for, because a lot of people might for that kind of situation, and to just be absolutely committed to grinding it out and making it happen and day in, day out, working 110% to be that guy and to continually improve. and. Yeah. Like I like I said last year, I thought this guy's peaked ever since that bicep injury. I don't think he's the same player. I was so wrong. This is his best season ever. This is his best season as a player ever, and it has come at the perfect time. Perfect time for the club, perfect time for him, perfect time for the fans. And if these guys can maintain this for another five months, we got a serious cup run going on, a serious cup run. Because uh, that first round... Whoever we get in the first round, whatever joke of a wildcard team, and I'm thinking we should be finishing first in this division, I don't think San Jose can maintain this pace, and we're showing. We're increasing that gap. Vegas has dropped off. It's their seven points off now. San Jose's four points off. The games are even. Vegas even has played an extra game. I think they can't keep up with us. And if we keep separating that gap, we are going to absolutely walk all over whatever wildcard team we get, whether it's Dallas, Minnesota, Edmonton, Vancouver, whoever. They're done. They have no hope. And then it gets a bit trickier after that because you're going to get San Jose or Vegas. But 
I can see us at least making it to the conference finals. Then you got a, a Winnipeg and a Nashville, something like that. We can beat those guys too. And I know it's really, really, really early to talk about that. But if we keep going the way we're going and Gio and our top line keep playing the way they are and Kachuk contributes for the second line and on the power play, my God, watch out. Because I can't see these guys on those other teams hanging in there the way the Flames have hung I agree. In there. At this rate, we, we look very, very, and very threatening. You know, the way that we were winning, we were 8-1-1, and and Vegas was 8-1-1, and and San Jose was 8-1-1, or whatever the records were. They kept, they kept points with us and kept going. And you know what happened? They lost the game. They lost a bit of momentum. San Jose lost to Arizona, and we lost in overtime to Buffalo. But then we bounced right back with the win. And I think, you know, San Jose's playing lo- the Lightning tonight. They, uh, San Jose beat the Lightning last time. I don't think that's happening tonight. No way in hell are the Lightning going to let that happen again. And we just kept going. And there are so many positive characteristics about this team that we're seeing this year. It's, it's just a wonderful time to be a fan, Jank. Wonderful time. Small stat correction for you. So he's at 49. Close yeah, enough. Yeah. I said, did he make? Did he yeah, make it to fifty? Yeah, close enough. So, so if he makes yeah. it to fifty, we'll we'll then have the. Hopefully tonight. He'll make it tonight. I feel it. I'm yeah. feeling fifty-fifty about tonight, but Gio's gonna make. He's gonna get a point. I think first so Flames goal. He's gonna get a point. All right. I'm gonna it's tweet good. in about first Flames goal. I'm gonna say it's gonna be James Neal. No, I'm not. I lied. That's a terrible, terrible thing to say. Um, we should also well. You know what? We'll also tweet the uh, Tim and Sid thing because I think everybody yeah, we'll who hasn't watched out. it, who hasn't watched it yet, they should watch it. If you're, especially if you're a Flames That'll fan, that'll all be out on the account. Personally speaking, I really, I really uh, feel. I don't know. I feel like I can relate, not from his story per se, but the whole idea of persevering and and just going for the dream that you always want to do. You know, it just makes me feel like you know gives people some sort of hope as well right like someone's going to school or you know they've always wanted to do like play professional sports or or whatever they want to do you know you look at a guy like Gio and man that's just inspiring stuff and yeah okay like there's a lot of things out there where people just can't control it you know they they give up it's like you know what there's a lot of stories out there too where people don't give up they just keep pushing forward no matter what life throws them and they just they finally make it in the end and those are those are the best people to just watch that story read that story later and i don't know it just makes you feel good like this team is just full of good fucking stories and like there's just something to be said about him like even having needing to score five six goals every time mike smith's in net what feels like anyway is a good story still because it's like well fuck we have this problem and it's like what's this Pull together as a team. We got to just keep fucking scoring. You know, the guy's going to let in a couple of weak ones. That's too bad. We got to score more. We got to score more on the other team. It's as simple as that. And, like, you know, even with Smith's goaltending against Detroit, which was just shoddy again, you know, he made that. You have to give him credit on that second assist on that empty netter. But, you know, but, you know, there was that one giveaway. I mean, or sorry, not the giveaway, but the save where he tried to make a save and he just slid his body completely out of the net. And it's just like Larkin had a wide open fucking net to shoot at. Like, dude, you can't do the basic things wrong. 
uh, as a especially for a guy that came as a number one, right? So it's too bad that he's kind of fallen off, but it's it's very encouraging to see that the guys pull together and score five, six goals every time he goes in net two. So, I mean, what can you do? It is what it is at this point with him. Two players in contention for silverware, individual silverware at the end of the year. Johnny and the Art Ross. I mean, I'm looking at this right now. He's four points behind Kucherov. Kucherov's plus 13. He's plus 20. Johnny has 28 goals. Kucherov has 22 goals. I don't know if that factors into it too much, but that's significant. It's close. It's close. Very close. Um, I could see that going either way. And then if you look at Gio and Brent Burns for the Norris, Burns with 52 points, 9 goals, plus 9. Gio with 49 points, 10 goals, plus 31. The best in the league, right? Best. It looks like the best in the league. Second best, I think, mm-hmm. is Lindholm with plus 26. Yeah, like I think the top three in the league is us Yeah, for then plus that's minus. Just, that's high praise for our guys. But, I mean, for me, Gio's numbers here. Astounding. And, and you know what, Brent Burns, if you think about it, Brent Burns is, I don't know if someone might think, oh, he's out Sean Carlson or he's got Carlson on his team. But Gio has really, Gio's got a Brody. He's no Carlson. And I mean, I'm obviously very biased, but man, 10 goals, 49 points, 31 plus 31. Yeah. That, it, I'm thinking that's an Art Ross front runner for me. And, I mean, if, if Gio has a big night tonight and Burns doesn't get any points, they're all of a sudden even, right? Three points isn't much in the grand scheme of things. Four points isn't much for Goudreau and Kucherov. Kucherov has a couple cool games. Johnny stays hot. Exactly. Anything can happen. Which one is the one you get for the most points? Art Ross. And most goals is Rocket Maurice Rocket Richard. Richard, yeah. And the heart is MVP, right? Yeah. In which case, you know, if a guy like Goudreau especially – gets the R. Ross, why wouldn't he be in contention for the heart? I mean, the guy is so fucking elite this year. This year especially. Like, he's been elite the whole time he's been with us. But this season is just something I else, I just right? remember at the Colorado game, our first goal, and Goudreau had the puck behind the net, and he just cut and turned, and the Colorado yeah. guy wasn't even close. No, no. He had no hope. Made him look like, like a fool. That kind of agility and ability to have that awareness. And then the puck was on someone's, I think it was back of the stick in front of the net, back of the net. Amazing. That that was all Goudreau, that ability to turn and skate and make the pass. And he's got the goal scoring aspect too. I mean, complete, he's a complete player. Some people are saying, oh, he's turned from a, from a playmaker to a sniper, no, he's he's complete. He's just everything. He's a complete player, not a not a power forward, but as complete as you get. And he comes back and he he pickpockets these players out of the puck. Yeah. Like he he does a he's very Datsuk like like that. Datsuk used to do that a lot. If he's, people he's a better player. If than people Datsuk. if people fo- if people follow Datsuk's uh, you know career with the Detroit, you know he was very good at turning over the puck or forcing a turnover from the other team. Very, very good at that. So Goudreau's got a lot of good elements to his game, like in terms of just a pure balance of like can help out on defense. Obviously, he's not a penalty kill guy, but you wouldn't want him there anyway. But just in general, being able to pickpocket a guy, find that space and get those breakaways. Like 
honestly, this it's not like he's standing on the blue line for those breakaways. He is getting into that space, and guys know where he is. It's got to be a set play. They practice him, like in practice, because they do practice in practice. Sorry, that came out so bad. That's why I kind of <laughs> mumbled there. But my point is that they probably try that play out in practice quite often because everybody seems so synced whenever he gets those breakaway passes. It's it's a very high percentage we keep pulling that off. He's had four. I remember there was one game uh, between last podcast and this. He's had four breakaways. Yeah, and he's just so good at receiving the puck, He didn't right? score any, but he had four. Yeah, like, so the next step on that, on that play, guys, is for him to start learning how to deke. And now he keeps doing this, like, go left, go right, and then fake, and then try to go five-hole. Um, goalies have figured that out. It's the NHL. They're going to figure that out. Um, not one to criticize, obviously, but just, you know, maybe try something different. That's all. Otherwise, keep getting those positions, right? Because, fuck, even if he scores 20 30% of those, it's huge for us, right? And, yeah, the guy is just elite. And where are we without him, right? And that that's why that's another criteria for Hart Trophy nominees. It's like, where is your team without you? Like, that's how valuable you are. And, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm confident that we'd still be a playoff-bound team without him. But, I mean, it would be a difference between barely making it versus, like, right now what we're seeing is comfortably making it and having a good chance of going far. conference winning making it. Yes. This is conference winning This is like second in the league. He is the difference between basically we can make the final versus barely making the playoffs. And I think that's more than enough criteria. And, too, if you look – you look at Tampa Bay too. They're having some breakouts. Braden Point out of nowhere. Yep. Um, and then everyone else is just consistent. But that D core starting to play well. Vasilevsky's having an amazing season. And Louis Deming held the line while he was down. So I mean, but the breakouts in Calgary, I think, are. I think it's the most impressive top in the league. league. Yeah, most just impressive. Top in the league because they Lindholm, Goudreau's breaking out. I mean. Riddick's breaking out. Yeah. Kachuk's breaking out. Well, don't forget Anderson. James Neal's breaking Anderson out. Anderson Valimaki. Yeah, James Neal. <laughs> Anderson Valimaki. Even not Shillington right, right now. Smaller, but, but they're they're but blossoming. They're blossoming. They're blossoming, and they are stepping into that role that otherwise would have been left for a Dalton Prout and a and a Stone. And that's just to me now. That's a nightmare to even see those two play. The future is bright. Indeed. I'm looking forward to it. And right now, I'm looking forward to a beer in the Oilers game. So we're going to leave it there. We're going to end this with, uh, obviously, Blink-182, all the small things. Ah, okay. Jank does all the editing, so thank you for that. I'm not a fan of the... But I'll, we'll put it in there. That's a great song. It's Tyler great. rarely requests the songs in I the do, end. I do rarely, but tonight... He trusts my taste in music. I and do. This time, we will adhere to his request. But hey, thanks so much for listening. Flames Fancast at Twitter if you want to follow. Flames Fancast at gmail.com if you want to email us. Message us. Let us know what you want to talk about. Ask us questions. Get involved. Check out the links we're going to post with this video, the Tim and Sid about Geo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's also helpful if you check out the podcast link. I'm just going to mention this right now, but I want to talk about something next time. We're going to talk about for sure Bill Peters' timing with players on the ice. Okay, we're going to really, talk about Bill I'm, Peters timing. With I, I'm saying that now so I don't forget. I'm saying that now. I'm, I'm writing it down on the agenda. Bill. Because yeah, we're going to lose that Peters paper anyway. Timing. <laughs> ice time. Ice time players. management.
ice in brackets time. Smiley face. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Next week. But I had to. Okay. <laughs> there we have it. We're so professional. <laughs> you know, if someone ever tried to scout us to do something like this, like for a job, even though that would never happen, they'd be like, these guys are so fucking disorganized. Like, leave them alone. These guys suck. They keep interrupting each other. I don't know. It's not that disorganized. Yeah, maybe. Someone said we had good chemistry. Might have a lot been of my people. mom, but you know, someone a lot of, did no, say, no, no. A lot of people say we have good chemistry. It's, it's not easy to just. We don't plan this. We just sit here and we no. wing it. We wing everything. We we we, he, we take five notes and we say this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. I cross them out. I kind of steer the conversation, and you just kind of talk about shit, and then yeah, Tyler literally comes over and we just start talking. I say, okay, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, I said that it. thirty-five times because this is episode thirty-five. Okay, what do you want to talk about? The most planning we ever did must have been episode one. Probably. Because we planned that all out about the preseason review. We, we had each touching point. We knew what we wanted to say about each player. And after that, we just kind of go with it, what we want to do. Just go with it. But, hey, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your evening. I hope we kick the living hell out of the Oilers tonight. Have a great one. Thanks so much again. Bye-bye. <laughs>